Well, I'm going to answer a little differently. It's, it's not so much a myth in my industry. It's a myth that's fairly common with business owners that I work with. All the right. Myth is, like a good one. The myth is because I started the business, because I own the business, I'm the best candidate to manage the business. And that's usually very wrong because the people who go out and start businesses, because they have some skill, they have some way to make income more than they would work for somebody else. They're entrepreneurs. They see opportunities, they take advantage of them, they take action, they take risk, they make things happen. And they're generally impatient with the rest of the world because they don't see, the rest of the world doesn't see what they see. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Expert. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast, uh, Carrie Prejean. And uh, Kara, we're going to be talking about a, a few uh, great uh, topics, including uh, how to have actionable financial data, what that might be, and then how you can use it. Um, how, also, how you uh, integrate to strategic planning uh, to uh, or to the desire of your business or in the future, and how to make money with that. Um, how to de uh, determine which opportunities uh, you might take advantage of that uh, come up. Um, also, maybe talking a little bit about uh, how to not get distracted uh, from not doing to, from not doing uh, strategic planning and uh, looking at uh, uh, future planning versus near term issues. So, should be a, a great discussion and a great episode. And with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Kerry. Yeah, thank you, Devin. Appreciate you having me back on. Hey, excited to have you. And so for those that haven't uh, caught, so Carrie was a uh, guest on the uh, our sister podcast, which is the uh, the Inventive Journey. So definitely if you uh, haven't had a chance to uh, go catch his episode there, uh, definitely a, a worthwhile to, to, to catch that. Now, for those people that uh, haven't had a chance to, to catch that episode or saying, hey, I just want the one or two minute version, uh, introduce yourself a little bit to the audience before we dive into the topics at hand. Okay. Um well, uh, my background is in accounting, CPA. Uh, I was CFO, controller, chief financial officer, um, secretary treasurer for a number of companies uh, in industries, both publicly traded and privately held. Um, <clears throat> what I eventually started doing back in 1987 was doing some consulting with business owners because what I saw was, number one, they didn't know how to read their financial statements. They didn't know what they meant. Uh, number two, the traditional accounting model is always about, yeah, this is what you did, but never about, and this is how you could improve. There's no strategic advice, no recommendation. So that, that's what I started working on. So over those, over all that time, I've been able to work with uh, hundreds of businesses, uh, business owners, um, and help them uh, on a number of things. Get some actionable financial data, which you talked about, eliminate dysfunction from their company for the most part, and practice strategic uh, planning for the future uh, as a as a normal course of business rather than something that's going to get to one day. No, sounds like a, a, great, a great introduction, a, a great career path that you've uh, set on and uh, definitely uh, looking forward to a, an awesome conversation. So um, so with that much as kind of an introduction in hand, I mean, one of the things that, you know, in, in no particular order, but one of the things that uh, you'd often uh, that we chatted about before, and I think is uh, definitely in your area is 
uh, strategic planning. Um, now, I, I think there's a, you know, you hear that a lot within a lot of different industries. Hey, you need a strategic plan. You need to think about, you know, what you're going to do in the future and how you're going to grow the business. And, you know, to some degree, people just uh, tend to, to zone out just because they've heard it so often and yet they really don't know what it is or how to leverage it or how it impacts their business. So maybe just as a, a quick, uh, you know, background of that kind of what is strategic planning and why is it important? Well, <clears throat> strategic planning is always about looking forward. Um, and as a business owner, you have two primary two primary functions in my estimation, uh, and not just mine, but a lot of people. Number one, you have to be the visionary. Number two, you have to be the main revenue generator. And by visionary, I mean, you have to be scanning the horizon constantly over time, looking for opportunities to take advantage of and perils to avoid or mitigate, right? So mm. you're always trying to design your, your business into the future. If you don't, if you're not paying attention to what's coming at you, you're going to get buffered around by everything, technology, competition, uh, changing marketplace, government regulations, taxes, who knows? And they're going to push your business maybe in places you don't want them to go. So strategic planning is really about uh, setting a course for your business and maintaining a, a rudder on it uh, to where you keep them hitting the rocks or uh, being beached on a sandbar or something like that. It's where you design your business into the future. Um, and you can have the best strategic plan and have all these great ideas about where you're going to go. What's really critical, though, with strategic planning is having the right team because it's a team that's going to execute the strategic plan. Um, so there's, a, there's usually some work that needs to be done on uh, optimizing the talent within the organization. No, makes makes perfect sense. So, so now with that kind of in mind, if you were to if we were to drill down just a little bit deeper, I mean, there's a lot of areas that you can potentially uh, start to do strategic planning for. I mean, that could be everything from, um, you know, I need to do my financial planning. I need to have a rainy day fund, or we need to account for the future, or it could be product design and you know where we take the company. It could be hiring needs. It could be management. It could be investors. It could be in a lot of different areas. And you know, I think with a lot of startups and small businesses, they tend to just start to get overwhelmed. In other words, there's a lot of things I could think about yep. in the future and I don't even know where to start. So any kind of thought, initial thoughts or advice as to where people might think about or where they should start or thinking about or where they should start when they're looking at strategic planning and trying to figure out what to look for in the future. Right. Um, the, the question I always start with, with business owners is, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied with your business the way it is now? Are you satisfied with where your business is headed? And by that, I'm by but satisfaction, for me, satisfaction is a function of enough action. So what would satisfy you in terms of revenue that you're producing, profitability that your business is producing? How much time are you having to spend in your business? Are you having to spend 100 hours a week? Or can you, like, not a business that has uh, been designed and run by itself without you? It's not needed. doesn't need you every day, all day. Um, what kind of employees do you want to have? What marketplace do you want to have? What product lines uh, do you want to uh, offer to the to the, um, to, to your market, <clears throat> you know. So you begin to ask all those kinds of questions about your current circumstance, and you're right. You're not going to know. There's be a lot of I don't know. Um, but the more you practice it over time, and you refine the process, and again, you, part of it's going to take you experiencing some things you thought you said you wanted, but you find out you really don't want them. You know, you yeah. thought you might want to have 
market this product line and you get into it, it's, it's highly complex, it's complicated, uh, it's got a lot of warranty issues, produces a lot of customer dissatisfaction, so you don't want to fool with that. But the same thing about where you where your business is headed 25, 30, whatever it is down years down the road, how much what kind what do you want that business to look like at your end point? You know, how big do you want it to be? Do you have an exit plan? Um what ge what geographic footprint do you want it to have? Um, yeah, and you have to always be looking for opportunities like changes in technology, new product lines, all that kind of stuff, so that you can your plan is going to be updated and refined over time. Um but the biggest thing you got to do is you got to make the time to do it. It's really easy to say, I'll get to it next week. we got this issue right now. Always, you know, down here in Louisiana, we have a saying, it's, uh, it's hard to remember you came to drain the swamp when you're up to your ass in alligators. Um, so yeah, there's always going to be some issues, but as a business owner, you have to commit, you have to make time to refine this, you know, what is going to satisfy me? What is, what is my satisfaction? What am I... <clears throat> What are my standards of satisfaction about my business, my people, everything, and where we're headed? Um, and you have to include your key players in that. You can't do it alone because they're going to they're gonna see some things that you don't. Um, but the main thing is just to get started, do it. And again, a lot, of, a lot of business owners don't really know how to do that. So getting a good coach to help coach you through the process at least gets you going for a while. Uh, and eventually, yeah, you'll pick it up on your own. But it's something that most people... You know, they just don't practice. So now is is a, maybe the place to start. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. So let's say we, we do all that. Should you start maybe looking at your finances and kind of look at the past history and the future trajectory and kind of use that as a initial starting point to, to start to do the planning or kind of what is that actionable data that you should maybe uh, start to consider as, you, as you're diving in? Yeah, um, there is no, there is no, right way there's it's a matter of what's priority to you or what's what's most important to you uh if you finance the most important then yeah you want to focus on that if growing the business is important if you're having the right kind of whatever it is whatever is the the biggest priority the thing again part of the other thing about the side satisfaction is <clears throat> what's important but not urgent and of the things that are important but not urgent what's the most important one and you start with that one then you go down to the next you know and you just you just keep expanding it, and you're developing basically it's kind of like painting a masterpiece. You know, if you if they've X-rayed a lot of the old masterpieces and found out these masters started with one thing because they can X-ray the canvas; it's got lead paint, and they can see that they have another image under these things that's totally not anything to do with uh, eventually what came out. So it's a matter of developing over time. Uh, by constantly asking those questions, what's going to satisfy me? What's going to satisfy me? What's going to satisfy me? <clears throat> um, you know, where am I headed? How am I going to get there? Uh, who's involved? All that kind of stuff. And it's just a matter of practicing it continually over time and generally reviewing it at least quarterly. Uh, you want to have some shorter term goals that'll add up and get you the bigger goal of where you want, say you want your business to be 25, 30 years down the road. Mm. No, that ain't that, uh, that makes sense. So, so now, so talk to us maybe a little bit more, because I know one of the things that we talked a little bit about was kind of actionable financial data. And I think that starts to overlay with some of the things. And I understand, you know, depending on where your business is headed or maybe what those priorities are, it doesn't always necessarily start with the financial data. But I think that's where a lot of people, you go into business for yourself, at least in part, or you're doing a business, it's because you want to have 
you know, financial security, you want to make more, you want to, you know, have a, a better chance at a greater income. It's not certainly not the only reason, but that certainly plays into it. And so with that, you know, one of the things that people are always trying to figure out is their finances and kind of what that might look like. So as you're as you're looking at that, kind of what are some of the actionable data points that you should start to look at in your finances as you're maybe uh, starting to, to do some planning for your business? Right. <clears throat> what I like to use are what we call dashboards. And then basically it's spreadsheets that will show you your receivables, your payables, how, you know, what percentage are they aged, current, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, maybe 120 days. Is anything getting too old? Receivables and payables. If receivables get too old, they generally get to be uncollectible. If payables get to be too old, you have issues with your vendors. Uh, yeah. Also sales. Are you looking at your sales on a weekly basis, month to date, quarter to date, year to date, and against a budget? It's, the typical model is, you know, you kind of sort of have an idea of what's going on uh, revenue-wise during the month. And then you'll find out the 20th of the month of the next month that, oh, we missed sales. We missed our budget by like 20% or 40%. You know, what happened? If you have seen that something was going on during the previous month, maybe you'd been able to take action, call some customers, offer them some specials. Um, you know, there's all kinds of things you can do to, to boost revenue uh, in the short term without drawing too much of it from the future into your business. But <clears throat> that's what I'm talking about in terms of you see sales is off, so it's time for you to take action during the month rather than waiting to find out, oh, we missed budget next month. Cash flow, same thing. Every week, uh, I'd like to see my business owners get at least a six to eight week projection of what their cash is going to look is looking like in terms of collections, in terms of outgoing. Um, and what you cover first is the stuff that has to go out. Uh, loan payments, payroll, tax payments, all that kind of stuff, all that. And then from there, you can see how much you have available to pay vendors, um, you know, and get the end. It also gives you the opportunity or the advantage of a vendor calls and says, hey, I got this invoice with you that's like 60 days old. When can I get, when are you going to pay me? You can look at your cash uh, projection and say, hey, look, I, I can get you uh, in 10 days. I'll, I'll put an ACH, you'll get your money in 10 days. They're okay with that. What they're not okay with is they call and they don't, they don't, nobody calls them back. Nobody talks to them or I don't know, we'll try and get you paid sometime. That's, that's, that's fairly unsettling. The other thing to look at with dashboards, I think like inventory, if you have an inventory, maybe you're manufacturing or construction, you know, where are you in terms of work and process? Um, mm. uh, taxes, are your taxes being filed? Are they being paid timely? Um, you can get a dashboard for all of that and where you actually get the PDFs of the, the tax forms and the payment notices that you paid online. Again, each business is going to have its own little customized um, dashboards, uh, depending on their KPIs, what's what's appropriate. The, the, thing, the reason I call them dashboards, and a lot of other people do too, is because like the dashboard in your car, it's going to tell you certain things about your vehicle. It's going to, and it's meant to flash warning signs at you when something's not right. Your fuel's too low. I mean, I have, my truck tells me what the, the tire pressure in each one of my tires is. Gets too low, it tells me that. Um, you know, your oil needs changing. Um, your, your radiator is overheating. Your battery's not charging. So your dashboard for your business is supposed to give the owner those warning signs too, if anything's out of kilter, where they, they can spend maybe an hour a week looking at dashboards and get a 10,000 view 10,000-foot view of their business and see, is there anything I need to investigate? Is there anything I need to get somebody to look at? Um, because, no, the numbers all look good. They look, they're within the norms. Um, mm. That way you don't have to go through reams and reams of reports and details and, you know, 
uh, in the end, you you don't want the owner of managing minutia and wasting a lot of time with that. No, I think that uh, makes uh, makes perfect sense. And I, I think that, you know, the idea of the, the dashboard is certainly a good one. And I think it can be just like here, you know, with your vehicle or with your car that you have a, you know, barometer or it tells you, you know, what's going on or, you know, what or what you might or something. There's an issue with your vehicle, just like you hit on if you're or on your way or have a trajectory towards having a bad month much better to know earlier on so you can do something about it as opposed to hitting it there and then either taking it or, or having to try and uh, course correct much later later on down the road. Um, so now one of the things that uh, another one, maybe switching gears just a little bit, um, but you know, you and you started to hit on it, but was you know, I think one of the times you get uh, distracted from for not doing strategic planning. And I think it's, you know, it's a reasonable excuse, which is, hey, I've got a lot of things going on. I have things that are pressing today or tomorrow and I have to juggle the business. And so strategic planning is great and I intend to do it, but I'll do it down the road when I have a bit more time or I have a bit more flexibility <clears throat> and I don't necessarily do it today because I've got other fires to put out. So, you know, and I think that's a real world concern for a lot of businesses. So how do you kind of go about, uh, you know, juggling that um, as far as kind of those, a bit of maybe the, the you know, conflicting things that are pulling at the, the attention of uh, business owners? Yeah. Um, if you can't commit like in the foreseeable future, pick a date, a month or two or three out, pick a date, make it a Saturday, make it a weekend, you know, make it and be committed to that. No matter what happens, you're going to have that strategic planning meeting and you're, you're going to begin the process and you're going to follow up with, uh, you know, progress reports every three months, but you got to begin the process. And at some point, so if you can't commit to it today, Pick some time in the future. You know, you can't, you're not going to be tied up forever, you know, and there's always going to be a pile of stuff, you know, for business owners, there's always a pile of stuff to, to get to. The pile of stuff will always be there. So you have to commit, take the time, get things done now that are important. <clears throat> the pile of stuff will be waiting for you, right? Mm -hmm. I, I see that with business owners all the time. It's like, I, I can't get to it right now. I got, I said, you're dealing with your pile of stuff. Is, is it going to be going tonight? Are you going to finish it tonight? No. Are you going to finish tomorrow? No. Are you can finish it next week? No. It'll always be there. So what I need you to do right now for your business, you know, for your business's sake, and I need you to stop, read this agreement, sign it, and let me use it to help you get financing or negotiate something or, or whatever. You know, it's, what happens so often is business owners say, okay, here, you need to sign this. And they don't like to stop and read. So the thing sits on their desk for a week, two weeks, a month, whatever, and nothing happens. And then they wonder why nothing happens. Why, why is this stopped? Hmm. So now what are the, what are some of the things that, you know, that you've seen as, as been benefits that, you know, maybe had people not done strategic planning or had, had they not looked in the future, they may have hit into or otherwise um, would have uh, been detrimental to business. Kind of give us a, a few maybe helpful examples as to what has gone what has been avoided by or taking the time to to or set or set a or set it aside and, and do strategic planning? So I'm not sure your question. You're saying, can I give you examples of some things that have, I guess, been navigated around or been capitalized on because of strategic planning? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't, I thought you may be asking the opposite. Like, <laughs> give me some. Everyone interpret the question, but that's what I intended. <laughs> yeah. Get, I don't know if you're asking me. Uh, can you give me some disaster stories? Yes, I can. But. Uh, no, the um, <clears throat> uh, client I'm working with right now, um, they've been growing like crazy. They've been doubling, doubling, doubling. And so this year, and it's caused them a lot of growing pains. You know, if you double five years in a row, they went from 
I forget what now. I think they were like at a hundred and something thousand five years ago. Last year they did 5.8 million. That's tremendous growth. This year they're looking at doing 8 million, 8.5 million. So one of the things to do strategically is to increase your warehouse staff rather than get into a crunch, start making late shipments, getting customer dissatisfaction, sales fall off. And they didn't want to do it. I said, well, you know, we're going to have too many people in the warehouse. I said, you're going to have dissatisfied customers if you don't um, get some extra people in the warehouse now, get them trained. So because they, you know, they learned how, they learned how to do some the marketing through uh, text messaging and emails and some other things. And it's, it's, I mean, they're, they're blowing it out. But we increased the budget, sales budget 50% this year. And so far, each month, this keeps getting bigger. Each month, keeps getting bigger. So having having a, 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 a talent um, acquisition and retention and training program now has them positioned to where now that they're getting all these extra orders because they're e-commerce, they have the staff that's trained and can keep up, keep up with it. The other things we've done is um, with different clients is, you know, you can see they're growing, so they're going to need some extra cash. Get them a line of credit. Get them a line of credit ahead of time before they actually need it so that when they need to draw on the line, the line of credit, it's there. Not going to the bank with, hey, man, I need cash. I'm on my hands and knees. Please give me a line of credit because I'm trying to pay my, my vendors and my people. And my sales have gone through the roof and it's just eating up all my cash. Um, mm. Things like that. No, it makes that that makes uh, perfect sense. Now, now I'll ask the question that you thought I was asking it on the flip side, which is what are some of maybe the the horror stories or, or things that have gone wrong because people have, uh, you know, pushed it off too long or otherwise, you know, failed to, to consider a strategic planning? Yeah. Um, probably the best example is a company that, um, I don't know, I don't, yeah, they were, they were in the, in the industry of, uh, how do you say this, uh, these giant seals on landfills, what have you, perhaps this waste and the technology changed. Right, the technology was changing. You could see it. They, their suppliers were telling them about it, and they didn't want to change the way they did it because the owner was kind of stuck in his ways. And we, this way, we've always done it. And, and what happened eventually is uh, they started busting out on jobs. They started blowing up, blowing a budget on jobs because the way they were doing it was not in compliance with the EPA and the, all that stuff. Uh, and what eventually happened is they went bankrupt um, because they didn't adapt to the changing times. Right. That's that's kind of stuff that can happen. Another one is um, had a had a client one time who his building, his office building and warehouse and yard were in a flood zone, and uh, his banker said, "Hey, you need to get some flood insurance, and because there's two separate plots of land, you can get a million dollars of flood insurance." So he did it to get the bankers going, and a few months later, he canceled it. He canceled flood insurance without telling the bank. Well, sure enough, about two months later, we had this big flood here in East Baton Rouge Parish where his building and his all his property took on like four or five feet of water and he had zero flood insurance. Um, that's just being stubborn, you know. Um, things like that. You know, all the oh. stuff you, you you don't think will go wrong, if Murphy's on the clock, it's going to go wrong. 
No, I, I think that's uh, absolutely right. And I think, you know, those are great examples. And I'm sure I could, if we were to, if it was the, 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 my, my telling the horror stories is, you know, people not getting a lot of their legal stuff in place or not anticipating that. Cause that's another one where they oftentimes will push it down the road or kick that can because it's not as, you know, it's not on fire today and you don't have to, it's, there isn't any creating of an urgency until you're creating or until there's a necessity and it creates that urgency. So I think there's definitely a lot of uh, great uh, areas where people should uh, start considering, you know, where the, they can improve, where the holes are and taking, I like the idea of, you know, even if it's not today and you're putting out the fires, put it on your calendar, set some time, time aside, block out the day or block out a week, a weekend or whatever it is. And just mm -hmm. to set that aside. Cause I, I think one, it can help both to avoid problems with your business, but also uh, set it up better for the future. So I think those are a lot of great takeaways. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, now is you know we're already wrapping towards the end of the episode, and it feels like we've uh, barely just scratched the surface. So we'll probably have to have you uh, get back on uh, maybe to one of the the sister podcasts and uh, and uh, discuss some more uh, great uh, areas of expertise. But now, as we are uh, as we are wrapping up this episode, I always do like to wrap up each episode with uh, with uh, one question, which is within your industry, what is the biggest myth, and why is it wrong? Well. I'm going to answer a little differently. It's, it's not so much a myth in my industry. It's a myth that's fairly common with business owners that I work with. All the right. Myth is, like a good one. The myth is because I started the business, because I own the business, I'm the best candidate to manage the business. And that's usually very wrong because the people who go out and start businesses, because they have some skill, they have some way to make income more than they would work for somebody else. They're entrepreneurs. They see opportunities, they take advantage of them, they take action, they take risk, they make things happen. And they're generally impatient with the rest of the world because they don't see, the rest of the world doesn't see what they see. At the same time, they're also kind of loose with the structure and rules. They're, they don't like a lot of rules, a lot of structure, because they're, they're just going to, you know, they're going to get it done as they go. Don't, don't give them a strict path to fly on. Well, the best thing to do to manage a business is to have a structure with rules and methods and processes and stuff. Most entrepreneurs hate that stuff. In fact, I was talking to some clients with that therefore yesterday, I, that's, you know, because that's what I bring to the business is I'm going to bring you the structure, the discipline, the process and everything else. They say, look, we love what you're doing, but we, we hate all the rules. <laughs> the rules is what you act, the, the results of the rules is what you love because now you're, you're getting consistent results. It's not, not always whatever, whatever somebody thinks might happen or how it should be handled. There's a set process and you're getting consistent results. So where you, I know you don't like the rules. You're an entrepreneur. You're not, you're going to hate the rules, <clears throat> but uh, that's, that's what, that's a big myth is that because you're on the business because you started the business, you're the best manager. No, you're, you're because you're an entrepreneur, you're not a good manager probably. No, I think that that is, you know, and I think that by necessity, when you start the business, you may be the best one because you're the only one that's there. Yeah, you, you're, you're the only one there. And you're the only one raising your hand to do it because the business has to get started somewhere. But just as the business grows, evolves and otherwise uh, takes on, uh, you know, life of its own, so to speak, then you have to, I think, as you hit on be, you know, you have to be self-realistic enough that you may be the person that does do the, you know, the, the can see to where the future of the industry is going or be the, the one that's the innovator or the operations manager or a lot of other things, but it doesn't mean you're always in best position to run the business or be that CEO type of role. So I think that's a, a great uh, myth to dispel and a good one or a good takeaway. 
Well, now as we do wrap up, if uh, people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Um, yeah, um, you can reach me by email, Carrie, C-A-R-Y, at cfoconsulting.co, not com. Or you can check out my website, Strategic Business Advisors, plural, advisors.org, strategicbusinessadvisors.org. Yeah, check it out. You get my calendar. You can schedule a free consultation with me, and uh, I'd love to talk to you. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage everybody to reach out, uh, utilize a great resource, make a good connection, and if nothing else, make a new best friend. So, well, thank you again for uh, coming out of the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners that are out there, if you can help us to share these expertise with even more startups and small businesses uh, by uh, clicking share, subscribe, and leaving us a review really does help us to uh, assist even more startups and small businesses along their journey to success. And on that note, if you ever need help with your patents, your trademarks, or anything else along your journey, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Well, thank you again, Carrie, for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you, Devin. I really enjoyed it. Look forward to meeting with you again.